This is Five Things in a Song, the podcast where we talk about five things and I play a song. I'm Patrick McGuire, and my co-host, Om76, is out in LA. Hi, Om. Hi. How are you doing, lady? I'm doing okay. It's it's so good to talk to you. Oh, is it? You know, it's funny. I was um, editing this last week's podcast, so it feels like I've been doing nothing but talking to you because wow. I've just been listening to this recording of this conversation <laughs> for hours. But you know what? That's not the real me. The real me is me now. You know what I mean? That's just an imposter. That's just a a sad shadow of who I really am because this is me in the present. But here's the thing. When I'm talking to you right now, you sound hollow and tinny because it's a phone call. But when I listen to you in my headphones, it's like your whole body. You know, I can hear every time you breathe. So you want I sound like a creep right now. And you want to hear me breathe? No, Mm. I can hear you breathe. And every time you clear your throat. You also have this thing where you snap uh, your tongue before you say a sentence. Sometimes you'll be like, and uh, and I can see that on the little waveform. I'm like, oh, here it comes. Oh, my goodness. Wow. (laughs) It's really embarrassing if you think about it. You should be embarrassed right now. No way. I'm proud of everything that I do, and I have (laughs) nothing to be embarrassed about in my life. That's good. I made you a laugh track of all of the times that you laughed last episode. And I thought it was hilarious. My laugh is really strange. No, I don't think so at all. I I don't think your laugh is weird. But hearing it all in a row like that was weird because it's (laughs) it's so unnatural. We should play an excerpt of this track uh, on this episode. You want to do that? (laughs) I don't know. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) so how was your week my week was filled with frigid temperatures because the denver area like most of the united states has been in the grip of a terrible cold snap and it's been just basically zero degrees or colder for about five days now. Uh, So wherever I go, I just am horribly cold, like all the time. Oh, you are? Because I I just assumed that everyone who lives in cold temperatures, they always act so badass about being able to handle cold weather that I just figure (laughs) they just don't feel it. Like it just blows off of them, no problem. I want to raise awareness of men who admit that it's cold. And that's because there's so many, (laughs) there's so many men who that's their thing is just like, oh, I don't feel emotion. I don't feel cold. I don't feel anything. And I feel fucking cold. It's freezing. Yeah. What do you do? Do you wear a lot of long underwear? Yeah, I wear that sort of stuff. But it's, it's the kind of thing that we, our band played a show on Friday. So you can't just be wearing long underwear up in the, up in the club because then you're going to be sweating all over the place like that the purpose of the long underwear is to keep you warm basically to and from your car and then the rest of the time you're just super fucked i'm so spoiled in southern california even when it's cold out it's sunny so in your car you get in and it's all toasty in there oh it's really nice you're just like a little hot pocket in there yeah I would love to just zip myself up into a hot pocket, like a real one. Just pull some sauce up over my nose. Get all cozy in there. That would be adorable.
My first thing are those Mucinex commercials. Have you seen those? Yeah. So for our listeners that might not be that familiar, it's this medication where it uh, helps you to remove the mucus out of your lungs if you have a cold or something like that. And there's these commercials that they do where I think the first one probably came out maybe like six years ago. And the deal was is that it would be a person in real life having this cold and then the shot would zoom in on somebody's lung and then it would be this little green cartoon of he's basically a person. He's personified, but he's mucus. He's just a little bit of a little glob of mucus. Yeah, I wouldn't call him a person. It's like an anthropomorphized booger. No, no, he's he, he, he's not a person other than the fact that he is exactly like a person. He has a hat, he has clothes, he has a job, he talks, he has a mind, he thinks. And my thought, I, I think that I'm the kind of person that if there was um, uh, basically a human being living in my lung who just was green, <laughs> I would not want him to die. I wouldn't take medication to murder him. He doesn't die, though. You just hawk him up in a big loogie and he goes and lives elsewhere. I think that's bullshit. I think if he was out of, the, out of his home abruptly... He, you would basically be playing a big hand in his death. And, and no, he doesn't seem like a likable character, but I wouldn't want to kill him. He doesn't seem like that bad of a guy. He's not a little terrorist living in my lungs. I think He's just... you're just being really protective because you made that little guy with your body. It's like your motherly <laughs> instinct is coming in here. No way. I make, I, I make a lot of things in my body, okay? But I don't. <laughs> I didn't make him. Okay, he's a visitor, what? and I'm just saying he's not like my How son. How is he a visitor? Mucus is from your I don't know your sinuses. Where does that shit come from anyway? I don't know. I'm a I'm a music teacher. I'm not a doctor, but <laughs> <laughs> my my point is with I'm these a lover, commercials. Not a fighter. <laughs> my point is if there is just basically people living in my lungs who just happen to be green and like maybe a little rude, I just wouldn't. I wouldn't cause a genocide by taking this medication. I would I would probably go to a doctor and say, "Doc, I've got all of humanity living in my lungs except they're green. What how can we get them out in a safe way?" Why don't you just like snort them into your mouth and then swallow them into your stomach? You're not really like killing them. You're just moving them into a new area. <laughs> oh, that's so gross. So gross, but so loving and caring, right? Well, when I was a kid, my mom told me about this commercial that was on TV, I think in the 60s, that were singing pimples. <laughs> and I've never seen it, but I feel like I have because it, the whole thing just horrifies me. There's a pimple that's like, I'm a lonely pimple, as lonely as can be. <laughs> and then a second one comes in and says, don't cry, pimple, I'll keep you company. <laughs> hey, fellow pimples, will three be a crowd? All together, pimples, sing out loud. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just like picture these zits popping up. I mean, they must have been animated like the mucus guys. Um, yeah. But a big whitehead having a song fest on your face, that just grosses me out. I want them dead. Gone. Oh, horrifying. That is just, I hate that. The more human that pimple is, the more I need it dead. <laughs> you know, I would hate to be the stereotype of person that they base these Mucinex characters on. Like, if I were a fat guy from New York in a wife beater and I saw myself personified into a mucinex guy, I think I would be a little offended. Oh, to- totally. I sell pallets. That's what I do. It's my profession. He also lives in your lungs. Yeah, and I would, I would spare him if I had the choice.
I want to talk about these new food delivery apps like uh, Eat24 and Grubhub and Seamless. Hmm. I've downloaded all of them. How does it work? Well, you download the app and it lists restaurants that are close to you currently because, of course, your phone knows exactly where you are. So it just lists uh, all of the restaurants that are within a certain radius and you tap on the restaurant and you can view the menu and just pick what you want. Once your credit card is in the system, it's in there. So that's always the most annoying part of online ordering is putting in your credit card and all that shit. Yeah. Um, but once it's in there, everything else becomes so easy, like too easy. I find myself on nights when I have come home from a party and I've had some drinks um, mm -hmm. just lying in bed, slowly falling asleep with all my clothes on like I like to do. And uh, instead of just letting myself fall asleep, I'll feel my tummy grumble. And I'm like, I need to get some food. And instead of just like getting up and going to my kitchen and eating a bowl of cereal, I'll pick up my phone because it's closer. It's easier. And I'll start tap, tap, tapping. And ordering a pizza or something, you know? It's... It's dangerous. Yeah. I'm ordering food in my sleep, practically. Yeah, but I think that's your body saying something, and you got to listen. If your body's saying, hey, I need this from you, can you get me this food, then sometimes you just got to do it, you know? Well, Patrick, my body says a lot of things that it wants <laughs> that I can't give it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Mm, do I know what you mean? Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Um yeah, I feel like that's that's me with ice cream, except all the time, constantly, in every waking moment. My body is just kind of like, hey, you know what would be really good right now is some ice cream. And then I'll just say, fuck you, dude. It's 9 a.m. I can't. No, I have the same <laughs> problem. I've been buying these diet ice cream sandwiches by Skinny Cow. Oh, yeah. And they're so good. Um, and, and the fact that they're low fat makes me feel like I can have one every day. Yeah. A and I do. Here's the, here's the thing, though, where I'm going to disagree with you. Because I've had one of those Skinny Cow things, which is just funny. Just picture me just walking around a grocery store buying a Skinny Cow thing. I don't know. Maybe it seems like it's That's more for That's not funny. <laughs> but i i ate it what are you trying um, to say i'm trying to say that i ate this skinny cow thing it looked like an ice cream sandwich and it just tasted like garbage and i what uh, what flavor did you get i don't know the the default this is an ice cream sandwich flavor and i just thought it was bullshit i like in uh one of your upset tummy episodes one of my favorite things about it was that you were just eating an ice cream while you were on your computer <laughs> you were eating an ice cream with your typing hand that was so hilarious <laughs> to me yeah and this next one he eats a giant sandwich just don't a, a huge spoil it sub. oh my god shut up <sighs> all right <laughs> um i think the iphone is changing the way that we live and it's kind of hard to believe that i can just tap my iphone a few times and a giant meatload pizza will come to my house to live with me inside my body <laughs> you know <laughs> you know you are what you eat and i kind of wonder how much of me my own body came through an app in my iphone <laughs> Oh my god! Like sixteen percent. The most maybe? disturbing thing you've ever said. I ordered most of myself <laughs> while drunk in bed. <laughs> that is the most disturbing thing you've ever said. That is fucking freaking me out. I'm picturing 
little parts of skin just basically <laughs> grouping themselves together, organizing into your body out of a phone. And I don't like that at all. No, I dislike that. It goes that in my tummy and all the little particles of, of meatload pizza go in and make more arm. <laughs> So my next thing is the Amazon Prime drones. Have you did you see that in the news this week? Uh no, I only saw tweets about it, so just consider me totally ignorant. Oh my god. So basically amazon.com thinks that in a few years it's not unthinkable unthink- to think that they could have basically a small army of drones delivering packages that would save them gas money and everything like that so that uh, that packages don't have to be shipped in the traditional manner. But they showed this video of this drone crossing over this beautiful field, going to this mansion and dropping a package off. And I don't mean to be this guy that is afraid of change and technology and everything, but God damn, I'm afraid of change in technology <laughs> in this situation. It is just so disturbing to me to just think that in a few years there could be swarms of drones uh, dropping They're up. They're robotic FedEx men. Yeah. And, and that, I mean, drones have that stereotype of killing innocent people over in the Middle East. Uh, and then to just think, oh, yeah, then they could also deliver you some shoes. Heck, yeah. It's just it's unsettling to me. I actually think that Amazon knows what they're doing because they have those new Amazon lockers. Um, in my neighborhood in the 7-Elevens, there's these big Amazon lockers that you can get your Amazon stuff delivered to. And I love it. I I, th- I think that's rad because a locker never killed uh, 30 <laughs> innocent people in Pakistan uh, by dropping a bomb on their house. It's disturbing. It's uh maybe the drones can deliver the unemployment checks to all the FedEx drivers <laughs> that lose their jobs. That's so true. Yeah, exactly. That... <laughs> oh man. Patrick, do you think hats are douchey? Uh, well, that would depend on what hat you're talking about, Om. Oh, really? Okay. Because I am having this issue with hats. I feel self-conscious because I wear hats every winter. And I think hats have a bad reputation in this day and age. Um, You know, a few decades back, everyone wore a hat every time they left the house. But what would they do if they had incredible hair? (laughs) (laughs) Like me. Like me. Sorry. Keep going. Yeah. See, in your case, your hat is your own hair. I have beautiful hair. Just pristine. Sorry. Keep going. Keep going. Um, But I have to say that if you were wearing a hat, you wouldn't be nearly as cold. You know, you said you were freezing and hats work wonders for that. And that's exactly why I wear them. Hmm. Uh, So right now, my hat is a black beret. I have a, I pretend that I have a lot of beret pride, but in actuality, it's all just a front. I, um, I'm totally worried about it constantly. Well, and, and are you, are you saying there's something inherently douchey about the fact that you want to wear a hat? I don't know. I, I think a lot of people think the hats are douchey. I don't cause I wear them all the time, but I'm worried about, I'm worried about everyone else's opinion. My mom actually went on vacation to France and brought me black. <laughs> brought me back a black beret it's 100% wool it's pretty good quality and it keeps my head so toasty I find them to be extremely functional 
And I'm worried that people think that I am just doing it for fashion's sake. But the reason I'm wearing it is mainly just because I'm fucking cold. I need to stay warm. I've seen photos of you in hats, and I've never thought, God, this girl is a lady douche or a lady doucher. <laughs> I've never that thought has never crossed my mind. But what this whole thing makes me think of is the meteoric rise of everybody hating dudes and fedoras. I feel like two or four years ago, it was a meteoric rise in dudes wearing fedoras, and then overnight, some tastemaker in New York was like, "This has gone too far," and then we just all decided that douchebags wear fedoras and like Nickelback and blah, blah, blah. And I know a lot of that stuff is fueled by Twitter and those sort of jokes, but that's just a reflection of how at least America thinks that if you're a dude wearing a fedora, you're just a douche. Is that what happened in the forties when everyone was wearing them and then all of a sudden no one was? (laughs) Do you think that that (laughs) a similar thing happened where everyone's just like, fuck, everyone's wearing these fedoras. I got to get my head totally naked. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, the the news broadcast is uh, World War Two is over, and so are fedoras. <laughs> All right, my last thing is uh, the death of Paul Walker, and specifically just how people can be really douchey about things like this. Uh, if you're if you're not familiar with Paul Walker, he was the actor in the Fast and Furious uh, movies that were about racing cars and stuff. And was he one of the main actors? Yeah, he was like the main one of the main dudes in it. Other Him than and Vin, Vin Diesel, Diesel, I think. Yeah, yeah. And here's my thing: is it's not my favorite kind of movie, but I feel like at least in the Twitter world and I don't know a bunch of other comedy outlets, people just were making fun of his death, and it's so funny to me that a guy can be an actor and then people don't like what he does. So when he dies, people think, oh, that's okay. I can make fun of him. That They're lacking that moral uh, compass to just say, oh, it's cool. I didn't like what he did uh, artistically. So it's cool to make fun of his death. Just how kind of awful that is. Yeah, that is kind of crazy. It's not like the Fast and the Furious movie franchise died. It was like a human being. Yeah, it was a human person who was involved with charities and was driving home from a charity event. And people just kind of think, oh, that's cool if I <laughs> make make fun of that. And it's obviously low-hanging fruit because he died in a racing accident and then the movies were about racing. So I Wait, understand that. Wait, was he street but... racing? What do you mean? What, you know how people street race? They'll actually oh. roll up on a dude in, an, in a nice car and like start revving their engine to let them know that they want to race? I, I, I'm not sure if he was with another person and just speeding a bunch or if they were racing somebody. Because but... if they were racing, I feel like... I'm going to sound like an asshole, but those people do dangerous things and they, I'm not going to say they get what they deserve, but they take a risk that they have to accept. Oh yeah, no. And and if that's the case too, exactly. It's really sad, but it's not surprising. But I guess my point is, I was, I was thinking very deeply about Paul Walker this week in his death. And in the world, there's all this, there's all this chaos basically and as humans, we organize the chaos and we make it manageable and we make it work for us and everything. And this also applies to our morality. And Twitter is such a good place to see the organization of chaos uh, and the lack thereof just sort of play out. Yeah. And 
just to see the ugliness and of people sometimes it's so interesting and 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 i've made mistakes i've written shitty tweets about people and i've done things that i regret and i'm not saying i'm perfect but i just kind of think that when you dehumanize a person and you make fun of his death basically for no reason that's just kind of the moral chaos in you being unorganized i know that's kind of a crazy you know what the reason is it's for faves dude it's totally worth it if you get some cool faves what do you mean? You know, the stars. Oh, I, so if you can be more popular on Twitter? Yeah, that's why they do it. When you say for no reason, I mean, my point was really that there is a reason and it's a shitty one. I, I see what you mean. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not trying to be all on my moral high horse, but I love Twitter because when you call out Chris Brown, when you call out George Zimmerman, people who are criminals, people who have not really been brought to justice, people who should be shamed at every turn... Just fucking do it. Be relentless because they deserve it. But this dude, his worst crime was being in a movie that you didn't like. And so you you feel like you have the right to just make fun of his death. I just think that's kind of shitty. I think what's interesting about Twitter is that it does actually shape the conventional wisdom. You know, like your jokes that you make on Twitter are changing the group think of everyone who reads them, you know, because those messages happen over and over again. They're like, there's like a motif that happens. You start, if you read enough tweets about one thing and they all seem to be expressing the same opinion, for example, for Doras or for douches, mm-hmm. is that what they're called? Douches? I don't know. <laughs> um, so, so once you read that enough times, you just, you start believing that everyone believes this. Like this is just the truth. So if you yeah. read enough tweets about dead people, you start thinking, this is just what we do. You don't think about it anymore. And yeah. it's, it's, it's bad. You have to be responsible with your comedy because it does actually affect how people think. That's true. And I've definitely been douchey on there before. Not really making fun of somebody who's been dead, but probably when I first started, I, I made some uh, tweets that I'm not really proud of now, but you mean when you were, um, talking shit to train directly to train's face? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I feel terrible about that. I just, (laughs) I would never do that again. Yeah. I mean, especially since you're in a band, you don't want people talking shit to your face. I know. It's just, it's, that's what I've learned too. It's just not making fun of McDonald's or Walgreens or Bed Bath & Beyond and just kind of making just a fun, lighthearted, uh, aspect to it but i just hate the maliciousness i hate when people go out of their way to be shitheads it just really bothers me yeah and um it's a little flattering when some people talk shit to you because it makes you feel like they must give a shit you know about you <laughs> <laughs> that's funny you're i think you're more evolved on that than i am because it just hurts and i'm just it bothers me for a few minutes and then i forget about it I've had probably under 10 trolls or whatever, just people just messing with me for no reason. Uh, And hundreds of people being really kind and saying cool things. And it's funny to think of that as a flattering thing. Like a a person's going out of their way to try to tear you down because they see that you're doing something good, you know? They're tearing you down because they think that you're some sort of big deal. I'm like, wow, you think I'm a big deal? Like you think I'm worth tearing down? That's kind of crazy, you know? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. My song for this week is Last Flowers to the Hospital by Radiohead. And I think it's an unreleased song that they 
uh, did put out on the B-sides of In Rainbows. Here we go. Patrick. Oh, thank you, Mom. Have you heard that song before? Uh, no, never heard it. Oh, you haven't? And no, I I made a SoundCloud page of all the songs that you've recorded so far for the podcast. Um, so if people want to go back and rehear something that you've recorded for this, but they don't want to rehear the whole conversation, 
uh, they can go to soundcloud.com slash five things in a song, and I'll be posting all of the songs that you perform there. Or if, you know, no one else wants to listen to them, I will. Oh, Because they're good. <laughs> Thank you, Om. Uh, and I also want to point out, if uh, you folks have anything that you think that Om and I should talk about, email us at uh, five things in a song at gmail.com, and five is spelled out. And also, we are at facebook.com slash five things in a song. Also, the five is spelled out. Please like our page because if we have less than 30 likes, they won't let us look at our metrics. I don't know what that means, but it sounds like something that I want really bad. Yeah. You guys, don't disappoint Om. Just... You know, there is exclusive content on the Facebook page, namely the awesome collages I make for each episode. She's saying awesome like they're not awesome, like she's joking, but she they are really, really good. They're really cool. So <laughs> no, seriously. <laughs> they're real stupid, but they're fun. Okay, so not. you're going to want to check those out on Facebook.com slash Five Things in a Song. <laughs> All right. This has been Five Things in a Song with Om and Patrick. Please uh, follow Om and I on Twitter. Om is at Om76, A-H-M-76 at whatever. <laughs> oh, God, I don't remember. What? What? I don't know. I was trying to promote your Twitter. I'm Om76, uh, A-H-M-76 on Twitter. And I'm Upset Tummy. And your tummy's fine, though, right? Are you feeling okay? Yeah, my, my tummy's fine. I'm Upset Tummy at Twitter. <laughs> right. I don't know. You're Upset Tummy at Twitter. <laughs> You're so new at this. At twitter.hotmail.net. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. We will see you next week. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Five Things in a Song. This episode was produced by Om76. All music was written and performed by Patrick McGuire, except Last Flowers to the Hospital, written by Thomas York and Radiohead. Catch Patrick's Upset Tummy web series by subscribing to the Upset Tummy channel on YouTube. Thanks!